to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. In 2019, we are in a brand new year. We are three weeks in. It's pretty much almost Christmas. (laughs) Don't. I'm still scarred. (laughs) I love Christmas. You know, this is the year. This is a special year for me. It's the year that I turned 40. And so I feel like God has been preparing me for 39 years for what He is going to do in this year. And so I'm, I'm expecting He's going to do great things. And I, I've loved listening to Pastor Jace's Faith, Hope and Love series, not on 1.5 speed, on just normal speed. I know. And it's just got me excited. It's got me excited about what this year is going to bring, what God's going to do in us as individuals and as a church community. And I love this time of the year in January because it's a little bit more chilled. It's a bit more relaxed. It gives us a bit of a chance to to set ourselves to take ground, to build something significant this year, to set ourselves to continue to grow in areas that God has called us to, to pursue those endeavors that we've wanted to pursue that would positively influence those around us. Maybe it's to start something. Maybe it's to shift something. Maybe it's to do something that we've never done before. And my wife, Karen, Pastor Karen, she turned 38 a couple of weeks ago. It's okay. I asked her if I could say her age and she said yes. And she decided that on her birthday, she was going to try and do something that she's never done before. That's pretty cool. And she decided that she's going to try to run 10Ks nonstop. She said she was going to try it. Guess what happened? She did it! Yeah! I had you going for a moment, didn't I? No, of course she did it. Well done, babe. You did awesome. I've also had a, had a couple of try new thing moments so far in 2019. The first thing I tried for the very first time was stand-up paddleboard. Now, has anyone done stand-up paddleboard before? There's a picture of me on the stand-up paddleboard. I don't know how long I lasted still on there. But it looks so relaxing. It looks like you're just cruising along. It's like a workout, man. The first few times that I got on, I I fell off within about 15 seconds of standing. And uh, we're at Millup Beach at the time. And it's amazing. The the beach was packed. And every time I got up out of the water after I'd fallen off, there was just laughter on the beach. (laughs) Anyway, this was the second time that I tried. I was determined. I'm like, I'm going to give this a red hot crack. And so we picked another beach that was a bit more flat. And uh, I did last a bit longer, which was pretty cool. And I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it. Again, the other thing that I've done, I did for the very first time was, was Harry, my son, and I, we built a raft. And this is a picture of the raft right now. It's a streamlined little sucker. And I'm not a very creative person. I'm not a, a great handyman. But I just had this idea. It would be great for my son and I to, to build, to create something together. And so we just, well, that's, that's part of Lucy's old cot and uh, part of a pedestal fan and just all sorts of stuff that we, we found and we fashioned together and we thought, this is going to easily hold myself and my son as we, I had big goals, as we cross Lake Wellup. I thought, we're going to do this. Anyway, I got some pretty negative comments on Facebook, I won't go into that, but uh, I thought we needed to test it out. And so I thought, we got to, we'll go to someone's pool and so... 
Uh, we went to Pastor Genevieve and Derek's house just around the corner into their pool. That didn't work. We're, we're determined though, we're going we're gonna to make some tweaks to the raft and uh, we're going to have another, another go. But Harry did get on and he was on there pretty well. And so we've done a couple of new things so far in a brand new year. And look, in the scheme of life, these aren't earth-shattering achievements by any means. But they can be significant. Any sort of achievement can lead to a, an attitude and a mindset of action, to further achievement and to growth in other areas. And can I remind us all today that we are capable of amazing things? You are amazing. You are an incredible creation, created in the very image of the almighty, all-sovereign, all-powerful God. You have God on the inside of you. You are made for amazing, amazing things. And so that dream that you have, that goal, that desire that you want to achieve in 2019, it is possible. And we don't need permission. You and I don't need permission from someone to go after our dreams. You know, we grow up as kids and we're always asking for permission to do something. And sometimes as we become adults, we can stick with that needing permission kind of mindset. And, And by the way, it's good for kids to ask for permission for certain things. But when we become adults and we want to do something great for God, we want to fulfill that dream and that goal that God's put on the inside. We want to love someone extravagantly. We want to do something that shifts the world. We don't need permission to do that. Because it is in the very core of who you and I are. It's what we were made to do. There's a mandate on the inside of us to do great things, to achieve amazing things. And I I love that these things are possible as we live this lifestyle of faith, hope and love that Pastor Jace has been talking about. Surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, who himself made a way for us to live that life to the full. And I love how Pastor Jace in, in this series described faith in week one. He, he explained it a bit differently tonight. But in week one, I, I assure you, he described it like this. It is an active conviction based on God's character and God's faithfulness. And I want to pick up on this faith element today. That faith is a tool. Faith is a, a mindset, a way of life. But more than that, faith is action. It's action, it's movement towards that goal, towards that dream, that pursuit that God has called you to with God as our clear focus. Now, invariably it appears that when we have this desire to grow, to do great things, to start something new, to try that thing, invariably when faith is bursting and flowing and we're activating that faith, something else rears its beautiful, ugly head. Can you have a beautiful, ugly head? I don't know. Maybe. Fear. As soon as faith begins to rise, invariably, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Invariably, fear rises as well. Faith and fear. Fear and faith. Fear versus faith. In an epic showdown, it feels like an epic daily battle for us as human beings to fight that fight of fear versus faith. And fear is an insecurity or an apprehension about something that we face in the present or in the future. And when we feel fear, 
or have thoughts of fear, our initial responses are either to flee, to run away, or to be paralyzed, to be stuck, and to do nothing. Now, men and women of God at C3 Hepburn Heights and across our locations, I believe that 2019 is not a year where fear will hold us captive anymore. I believe that this year is a year that we will break free, break through, push through fear into that zone of faith to achieve those incredible things that God has called us to. Now, a life of faith isn't a life that is absent of fear. It's not like fear is nowhere to be seen as soon as we're men and women of faith. No way. A life of faith is a life that acknowledges fear and overcomes fear to live life to the full in Christ. And today I want to encourage us through the parallel of two passages of Scripture, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament. In each case, the context of the people was similar. They were building something significant. They were increasing. They were stretching. They were breaking new ground. And in each case as well, the people were facing extreme opposition that caused the initial response of fear. Now, I haven't been able to shake the the narrative of Nehemiah that I I was able to preach on in in November last year. And so that's one of the, the scriptures that I want to parallel today. And in the book of Nehemiah, we, see, we have a period where the people of Israel are, are beginning to return to their homeland after years of exile in foreign countries. And Nehemiah goes to Jerusalem with the intention of rebuilding the wall that was once around this great city, a wall that laid in rubble for over 140 years. What a huge undertaking. What a massive task. What a great faith goal. And then we parallel that with, with the early church in the letter of First Peter. The church was growing and increasing at a rapid rate across the known world. Christianity had moved and spread from its origins in the Middle East up through modern-day Turkey, in through Greece, and it had reached Rome, the epicenter of the Roman Empire. And churches were springing up all over the place. There was movement and momentum, and there was faith. And so you think with this spirit and this atmosphere of faith, surely it's smooth sailing, right? Of course not. You and I know from our own experiences, this is rarely the case. Opposition was right there. For them, it was persecution. For them, it was threat of death. And fear was their initial response in both of these cases. And so how did these two leaders, Nehemiah and Peter, how did they respond and how did they encourage those around them to not retreat, to not stay in that place paralyzed by fear, but to step out in faith? Let's read Nehemiah 4, 14. It's probably in the top five of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. After I looked things over, that doesn't make it any more special. Than the rest of the Bible. After I looked things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight. Fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. As he was saying this, I'm sure that music was playing. That was playing when I was getting on the raft. 1 Peter 3, 13 to 16. Peter writes, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. 
Do not be frightened, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. We read in both passages here that that both authors mention fear. Fear can be a range of feelings or thoughts that have somehow developed a substance, that have carried some considerable weight in our minds and our hearts. And fear can get to the point where it overtakes us, where it dictates, it literally dictates how we live. It dictates our actions or our lack of actions. And what's important is that we find the form of this fear so we can face it. What is the form of the fear? What is the form of your fear? What is opposing your desires, your dreams, your goals, your steps of faith in 2019? For the people of Israel rebuilding the wall, just before Nehemiah's motivating speech, we read in verses 10 to 12 that it was a number of things that was causing them fear. The laborers were giving way. They were tiring. There was too much rubble around and the enemy was talking this big game. We're coming after you. We're going to get you. You better watch your back because we are going to kill you. And so fear instead of faith was beginning to rise. Now, for the early church at the time of Peter's writings, between 62 and 64 AD, Christianity was initially not even noticed, as it was just seen as a form of Judaism, which enjoyed toleration within the Roman Empire. But as more Christians became, sorry, more Gentiles converted to Christianity, the Jewish people began to separate themselves from them. Now, when a six-day fire ravaged Rome in 64 AD... Even though the Emperor Nero was out of the city at the time, many people believed that Nero himself had ordered the fire to take place so he could rebuild the city how he wanted to. And what was Nero's response when these accusations came? He blamed the Christians. They were an easy target. They distanced themselves from the melting pot of polytheism when they refused to conform to pagan customs they didn't attend the temples of the gods to give sacrifices they didn't worship caesar the emperor as a god and there was also this perceived secrecy around christian practices including water baptism and communion they were a little bit peculiar a bit hard to understand we also have these ethics of christian love and humility that were foreign concepts to a prideful and opulent roman empire The other thing was, the Christians were growing. People were getting saved. And so persecution came and it began to intensify. And Christians were scattered all throughout the empire. Christians were tortured. They were killed for their faith. And it's believed that in this persecution, Peter and the Apostle Paul also died in the midst of this persecution. Now, in both of these instances where God's people are pursuing great endeavors of faith, opposition came and fear was the response. And in the scriptures we've read, neither Nehemiah or Peter choose to omit fear. They don't pretend that fear doesn't exist. 
they acknowledge and then isolate the form of the fear. Listen to this. Don't be afraid of them, Nehemiah called it out. Do not fear their threats, Peter wrote. And as we take great faith steps this year, what is the form of the fear that will invariably come to try to stop you in your tracks? Is it fear of failure? Fear of not being good enough? Fear of of failure in the fact that you've tried something before and it hasn't worked out? Maybe you're afraid of, maybe we're afraid of letting people down or being let down ourselves. Maybe we're afraid of looking silly. Maybe we're afraid of the effort, the cost, the discomfort that might come as a result of us stretching out to grow, to pursue that dream. Now that discomfort one is a biggie, isn't it, in our society today? It seems that when, uh, when it comes to fear, the desire for comfort is close by. Fear and comfort are closely linked. They're well acquainted. They're well connected. I believe that fear and comfort are friends on Facebook. I believe they're following each other on Twitter. I definitely remember seeing comfort loving a lot of fear's Instagram posts. Comfort. Imagine if the rebuilders of the wall ultimately succumbed to fear, sat back in comfort there'd be no wall. Imagine if the growing Christian communities of the early church froze, paralyzed in fear, sorry, stopped the advancement of the life-changing power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and just simply blended in with everyone else to avoid the discomfort of persecution. How would life be different for you and I today? Now, we face nothing like that today in Australia. Nothing in terms of the persecution, but what we face is the opposite. There's too much comfort. There's too much comfort. We've put comfort on a pedestal. It is our goal. So we've developed actually a fear of discomfort. Forget FOMO. It's photo. Fear of discomfort, oh. Sorry, I didn't have another O word. But can I say that for us as Christians, discomfort is not our enemy. Discomfort's the enemy of fear. Discomfort actually is a friend to faith. Discomfort is not our enemy. Discomfort discomfort is a friend of faith. It's important that once we've discovered the form of the fear that we are experiencing, that we, we call it out, we isolate it, we recognize it, we don't flee from it. We resist that desire to flee from it because fear finds a reason to flee. However irrational it may be, it finds a reason for us to run. But you know that new thing that's in your heart, that growth area, that shift, that that influence for 2019? It's it's not found away from the fear. It's actually found through the fear. And those steps through the fear are, are steps of faith. So the rebuilders of the wall, the early Christians... They're about to flee because of fear. And in stepped Nehemiah. In stepped Peter. To give perspective. To bring people back to the big picture of why they were there. What other voices are in your mind, in your head? What other voices are you positioning yourself to hear from? Other than the shrieks of fear or the whispers of fear. 
More importantly, regardless of what other people are saying, what are we speaking over ourselves? What are we saying to ourselves? Are we saying, are we giving credence to that fear? Are we giving ourselves an out using that fear? Or are we saying, come on, man of God. Come on, woman of God. Yeah, that fear is a reality, but do you know what? In Christ, you have the victory. In Christ, you can overcome. In Christ, that goal can be a possibility. It's important that we do not flee, flee from fear. Once we've resisted that desire to flee from fear, we position ourselves to take ground, to step out in faith. And we know that there's going to be discomfort. There's going to be opposition. We know that the fear is simply not going to poof, disappear. But we advance through that fear as we focus our faith on God. I love this. After saying, don't be afraid, Nehemiah, he doesn't say, oh, go and do these three things, tick these three boxes, and then you're all good. He says, remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. You see that fear? Your response is to see God through that fear. Your response is to see Him, to look to Him, to get a fresh conviction that He is able to overcome that fear. He's near and He's faithful. He's not a distant memory. Nehemiah is not saying, oh, remember when, back then? When he says, remember the Lord... He's saying, regarding the character of God, regarding his deeds, regarding his plan and purpose and promises for your life, retain them, learn them, and treasure them. Peter writes immediately after calling the people not to be afraid, straight away he says, revere Christ as Lord. There's a pattern here. Peter's saying, regard him with honor. See him for who he is and respond accordingly. And it's essential for you and I with that dream, with that goal, with that new thing, that our focus is on God, not on the opposition, not on the fear, not even on the goal, but that our focus would be on God. Our focus can continually be on God as we get to know him more. He wants us to include him in our lives. And eventually, as that begins to happen, as we walk with him more and more, we realize and we're awakened to his plan for our lives. We're awakened to the fact that he's actually in control, not us. And so can I encourage us to talk to him? Listen to him. Wait on him. Walk with him. Ask him for direction. Ask him for help. Tell him your fears. Ask him for that peace. Thank him. Praise him. Give him the credit that he is due. Share your sorrow with him. We're talking about not a transaction. We're talking about a relationship here. And in any relationship, the two parties can either drift apart or increase in intimacy. You and I get to choose in terms of our relationship with God. Are we going to drift or are we going to increase in our intimacy? My encouragement is to leap right in. It's to leap into intimacy. Leap in by setting time aside to pray. Spend time in the Word of God. 
in the morning with a coffee maybe, at night without the TV on maybe, not even on silent, turn it off. (laughs) Find out what works and leap on in. Find out what works for you, for your personal relationship with God, but leap right in. And obviously being in church and being in a connect group regularly is also going to help us with our focus on God. And so we've discovered the form of our fear. We've called it out. We've refused to flee from it, even though every part of us just wants to run. We've focused our faith on God. We're to now engage in the fight of faith. Nehemiah says, fight. Engage in the battle for the sake of your loved ones. Peter writes to be prepared, to be battle ready for giving the right answer to whatever question may be asked. Whoa, we're to get in there. We are to get in there, engage in the battle, engage in the fight of faith. We've got to get in there just like a coconut. We can knock on that coconut. We can, I would have loved to have seen Pastor Jace licking the coconut. But to, to experience the beauty of the coconut flesh for this year to taste that success that we want, to see that shift that we want, to see that growth take place. We've got to get right in there. We've got to act. We've got to move. We've got to engage. Engagement in the fight of faith in an area of our life, it might be something simple like getting on the same page with God and working out or reminding ourselves of what we're gifted at, what we're good at. I did this last week. My first day back at work, I came in and you know your head's kind of all fuzzy. like to think that you're kind of right there, ready to rock and roll, but I wasn't. It's kind of maybe 60, 65% there. And so I was like, what do I actually bring to this place, man? They're doing all right without me. I'm like, no, I need to remind myself. I need to get some clarity. I need to get some direction. I need to engage afresh with what God's called me to. And so I spent half an hour just writing down all the things I'm good at and gifted at and called to, all the things that I'm passionate about and have a desire to see happen in 2019. And it shifted something for for me. It engaged me afresh in a faith, faith mentality. And so you can do that anytime. What comes easy for you? What do you enjoy? What do you want? What are your motives for 2019? Write these things down and then go from there. Maybe it's to get fit. Maybe it's to start that business. Maybe there's a gift in, on the inside of you, a creative gift that you've never actually stepped out into. This year is the year to step out into that. Maybe it's to change that habit, turn that habit that's a bit destructive into a good habit. Maybe it's to get the help that you need. Maybe 2019 is the year to say, put your hand up and say, I need help in this area. Maybe it's to reconcile that relationship, to ask for that pay rise or bring that idea to your boss. Maybe it's to save that deposit and buy your own home. Maybe it's to grow in knowledge by attending C3 College. Maybe it's to go on that impact trip that you've been saying you want to do for many years, but you haven't got over the line. Maybe it's to fulfill that beyond commitment that you stretched for by faith last August. Maybe it's to join a connect group and attend. Maybe it's to get water baptized. Maybe it's to invite a friend along to come and do Alpha. 
then what is the next step? Maybe we've written down all those things and there's faith churning on the inside of us and, and we know what we want to do. Sometimes that first step is the, is the hard step. What is that step? We might have that faith just brimming on the inside of us, but we're a bit bloated with faith and we, we need that outlet. What is that next step? And I want to give an opportunity at the end of the service tonight as we, as we sing a worship song for, for people to come. If you feel faith surging on the inside, but you need some clarity for the next step, I'd love to be able to pray for you. Our team pray for you to see some clarity take place. But hear me tonight. With God, we're capable of amazing things this year. We're capable of taking these type of faith steps that we know God's called us to. We don't need to wait for permission. You don't need to wait for a thumbs up up from me or a thumbs up on Facebook. You just do it. You step out because you're capable. Engage. Fight. Defeat. Fear, see a great outcome take place. For Nehemiah and the Jewish people, the wall that was broken, the wall that was in rubble for 140 years was rebuilt in 52 days. For Peter and the early church, those years after the great persecution of Nero was some of the most explosive growth in Christianity. What's it going to be for you and I in 2019? I want to encourage us as we... Come to a close as Peter reminds us in 1 Peter 2.9 who you and I are in God. How God sees us. How God sees you. But you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Let that word get into your heart, get into your spirit, get into your mind, stir something afresh tonight. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.